1: Say to those with fearful hearts, Be strong, do not fear, your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution, he will come to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand will become a thirsting ground, bubbling springs. In the haunts where the jackals once lay, grass and reeds and papyrus will grow, and a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. The unclean will not journey on it. It will be for those who walk in that way. Wicked fools will not go about on it. No lion will be there, nor will any ferocious beast get up on it. They will not be found there. But only the redeemed will walk there, and the ransom of the Lord will return. They will enter Zion with singing, and everlasting joy will crown their heads.
2: Gladness and joy will overtake them, and sorrow and sighing will flee away. This is the word of the Lord. He's right, who
1: rise with hallelujah.
3: according to St. Mark, the 7th chapter. Glory Jesus to you, o Lord. Lord. Jesus loved that place and went to the vicinity of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know it, yet he could not keep his presence secret. In fact, as soon as she heard about it, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an evil spirit came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek born in Syrian Phoenicia. She begged Jesus to drive a demon out of her daughter. First let the children eat all they want, he told her, for it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. Yes, Lord, she replied, but even the dogs under the table eat the children's crops. Then he told her, for such a reply, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. She went home and found her child lying on the bed and the demon gone. Then Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and went through Sidon down to the Sea of Galilee and into the region of the Decapolis. There some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly could hardly talk. And they begged him to place his hand on the man. After he took him inside, away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears. Then he spit and touched the man's tongue. He looked up to heaven and with a deep sigh said to him, Abathah, which means be open. At this the man's ears were opened, his tongue was loosened, and he began to speak plainly. Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone But the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. People were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. We sing our sermon hymn, Hymn 735, Have No Fear, Little flock. May God's grace, mercy, and peace be yours today in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The text for the message comes from our Old Testament reading from Isaiah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us to rejoice today as we consider our Savior and his many blessings to us. Help us not to fear in the midst of the many troubles of our world. And as we gather, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts, Be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our maker and our redeemer. Amen. We hear from the prophet today. Strengthen the weak hands. Make firm the feeble knees. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong. Do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. It's our text. Well, we really don't have to look too far, do we? The headlines are filled with just sort of horrendous, horrible news day after day. It doesn't take but a quick look online to see things that give us that sort of uneasy feeling in the pit of our stomach, right? I mean, there's the, the problem in Afghanistan. There, there's the threats of terror. There's violence in out-of-control cities around our nation. There's the stock market that it does its own thing. There, there is disease, there's a COVID virus, and now. there's a COVID variant Delta, I think now Mu is the next one.
0: And there's uh, sometimes
3: a heavy handedness of government and governors and other officials in regards to these things. There's a lack of trust really isn't there for our leaders and those in other places of authority. And the list goes on and on and on. But you know, if we focus on that, that'll lead us to despair, discouragement, make us despondent. It seems as if there is nothing good at all happening anywhere in this world of ours. But in the midst of this misery and despair and desperation, it moves us to ask, doesn't it? Why? Why? Why doesn't this chaos stop? What about you? Have you been at a point in your life where you've looked at things and you said, this just doesn't make any sense? Or maybe you've asked the question, why has God allowed this to happen? And there's a mystery surrounding certain events that happen in our personal lives. Or maybe it's in the other lives of other people that defy any kind of explanation. And so we ask that age-old question, don't we? We ask, why? the mystery of human suffering touches us when we least expect it, don't it, doesn't it? Maybe it's the shocking news of a, of a terminal diagnosis. Maybe it's the sudden death of a child. Maybe it's the, the, dead, the news of a, a deadly accident for someone that you love. Or maybe it's just the general craziness of our world. In those moments, what happens, we pray and we pray and we pray we pray for all kinds of things. We pray for healing. We pray for time. We pray for comfort. We pray for help. And when we're tired and worn out, when we're worn or worried, sick, and confused about what to do next, when we are restless and anxious and helpless because we, we don't know why events have turned out the way that they have, when we're not sure what's coming around the corner, when something's going to knock us back on our heels. We pray if we can. But sometimes the way forward isn't always clear. We may find ourselves in the company of the psalm writer who writes, My God, why are you so far away? I cry out day and night, but you don't answer. In Matthew's gospel, we read the account of John the baptizer. He is arrested by Herod and placed a prison. And while there, he begins to wonder why Jesus hasn't acted more like the Messiah that he thought Jesus should be. He thought the Messiah would come in with power, sift the grain from the chaff, sorting out the righteous from the evil. He would shake things up, the old would pass away, would bring in this new age. But all John sees is Jesus holding babies, eating with sinners embracing the outcast, including prostitutes, tax collectors, and cheats. He forgives those people that are sort of on the outside of society. Some maybe with no morals. And John's confused, and he's wondering, what is God really up to here? What am I to make of Jesus? Have I made a mistake? In fact, he wants that simple answer to his question, are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? In other words, Jesus, are you the Messiah? Like John and Jael in our reading from Isaiah, the people of God, they are captive in Babylon. They also have questions about God. They are so far from their God-given land and, and they believe that they're far from God himself. They're losing hope and they begin to question, does God love us anymore? Has God given up on us forever? Will God ever show mercy and restore his people and bring them closer to himself, to his embrace? Questions, questions, and more questions. And then comes Isaiah 35. This is a chapter of hope. We hear all is not lost. God has not given up on his people. The desert will rejoice and burst into a blanket of colorful flowers. Thirsty grounds will become bubbling, happy streams and lakes. The blind, the deaf, the lame, the mute, they will all be healed, and everlasting joy shall be upon their hearts. They shall attain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. So God says, Cheer up. Do not fear. He reminds them, I have come to rescue you. I will lead you back home singing and celebrating and shouting because your sorrows have come to an end. God is stepping in. God is changing things for those who are at the the end of their rope. The message goes on. Strengthen the weak hands. Make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful hearts, be strong. Do not be afraid. Do not fear. Here is your God. He will come and save you. A few chapters later in Isaiah 40, he reminds this troubled and overwhelmed people, oh Israel, how can you say that the Lord does not see your troubles? Because he does. How can you say God refuses to hear your case? Because he will. Don't you know that the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth? He never grows weary or faint. No one can measure the depth of his understanding. He gives power to those who are tired and worn out. He offers strength to the weak. Those who trust in the Lord, they will find new strength. And then in Isaiah 41, he records this promise of God. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. You know, there's another time we hear this reading from Isaiah 35. It's during the season of Advent. It's the third Sunday of Advent specifically. It is a Sunday where the themes uh, uh, are, and the readings are all about rejoicing. In Advent it is a reminder that a time of rejoicing is coming with the birth of the Messiah. God spoke to the prophet and told his people, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. He wanted them to know that he was with them. God has spoken even louder to us through his son, Jesus, because Jesus has entered our human history becoming human flesh and blood so that we might know how much God loves us and how well he understands our human condition. I mean, ever since the birth of Jesus, it's no longer possible. For anyone to say that God is remote or or far off or silent, no. Ever since that Bethlehem event, it is no longer possible for anyone to say that God does not care. You know, people will say that uh, God is irrelevant and unnecessary for their lives, but that doesn't change the fact that God is as close to them as their next breath. Some even say that Jesus doesn't have anything to offer the the 21st century person today. But that doesn't change the reality that he will strengthen the weak hands, make firm the weak knees. He will bring good news to the poor. He will heal the brokenhearted. He will come to those who mourn the joy, give them the joy of gladness instead of grief. He will give them a song of praise instead of sorrow. All those blessings are there. In Jesus, we see that our caring God understands us intimately. He knows that we need hope. It is something that is much more enduring, uh, something that, uh, that is beyond the passing moments of this life where we will have trouble and sickness and death, right? He knows we need peace in our lives. He knows that we need that forgiveness, that reconciliation, that renewal, and the comforting assurance of his presence, even in the darkest times. In Jesus, we see God's love, don't we? His love for us that is beyond anything we could ever find. The promise of God himself is clear and reliable. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. You know, it's true, we really don't understand everything that happens in our lives, right? We don't understand everything that happens in our community, and in our nation, in our world. And like John the Baptizer, we end up very confused. We end up with a lot of questions. But this one thing we do understand we can trust the Lord who says, be strong, don't be afraid, I will help you. And even in the, most, in the worst and most uh, confusing situations, this is our strength, right? This is our comfort, that he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. And so today, through the prophet Isaiah, we're called to cheer up, rejoice. Don't be afraid. Fear gets pushed to the side, doesn't it? Because we know that God is with us in the midst of our sin, in the midst of the chaos in this world. Because God came incarnate, in flesh right, in Jesus, coming as Emmanuel, God, with us. I mean, we have that joy at Christmas,
0: but it's a joy that lasts
3: the whole year long, doesn't it? It is a joy that we have in the midst of everything that this world wants to dish out to us. It's a joy and a confidence to not be afraid because God is with you. It's a joy and confidence to not be afraid because the hope, peace, and love that comes from knowing that Jesus is right here beside us. Even when it seems like the sky is falling. It's a confidence to not be afraid because he, he strengthens a, our weak hands, He makes firm our feeble knees, and even when the weakest, even when we are weakest physically, emotionally, and spiritually. So, how has this good news changed your life? The words of Isaiah cause you and me to think for a moment, reflect, maybe ask. How has the joy of knowing Jesus' love changed you? How has it changed the way that you trust Jesus even when you don't understand? Have you been the presence and the love of Jesus to other people? Has God used you by the power of his spirit to strengthen trembling hands and make strong the shaky knees of others? Let me read the text again. from from a different translation, the contemporary English version. Here is a message for all who are weak, trembling, and worried. Cheer up. Don't be afraid. Your God is coming. My dear friends in Christ, cheer up. Do not be afraid. Jesus is that joy that overcomes everything. Thanks be to God. Amen. Please stand. And now may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Dear friends, let us confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed we confess together. I believe in one God, the Father almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made,